Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Hoopers podcast. I am your host, president of the Hoopers, headband warrior, Ben Roberts. And my guest today, a lady who goes by many names. What are your nicknames? <laughs> I don't Am? have any nicknames. I call you nicknames. Am, I guess, but but it, that doesn't really feel right when I'm mm. calling you Am. No, I don't get many nicknames. It's actually been a very sad thing in my life. Aww. Like, I'm mostly known as Amina. Like, sometimes I get Ams. Ams, I prefer Ams to Am, I think. Yeah, it's wrong. Am is a, a bit, bit Am is a bit like, you feel like there should be more. Yeah. It's like Am, and then you're like, and then what? Two letters can't be a nickname. That's too short for a nickname. I guess. Well, your name is, is it, so it's Amina. Amina Elizabeth Eniton McKaylee. Wow. And now I'm regretting saying my full name in case someone comes back to find me from this podcast. <laughs> Wait, well, how do you say your last name? McKaylee. McKaylee. Yes. Uh, I've been saying McKaylee in my head, but it's not that. You can say whatever you want, to be honest. Well, no, I want to get it right. I don't. I should say for the. For the folks at home, I don't know you that well. Do we? We don't really know each other that well. We must have met. How many times have we met? Like probably like six times or something. I would say a good six. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they've all been great. But I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, this is the first time where I'm really sitting down one to one, getting to know the real Amina Elizabeth. Can't what? even remember my what name. What was the next bit? Eniton. Eniton. Yes. What is, what is that? What is, <laughs> what is Ben? Is it, what is Robert? Well, Ben is biblical, and Ben means son of my left hand. Oh, okay. Because Benjamin is one of the sons of Jacob. Remember the story? Yeah, I know. I remember Jacob. I don't the remember st- Benjamin. Benjamin wasn't featuring highly for me. Well, do you remember this, the story of Joseph and his uh, his amazing Technicolor dream car? I do. Not only because you mentioned it on another podcast, but I do love that um, yeah. Disney movie. Is it Disney who did it? The, the um, cartoon one. And he... Yeah, yeah, there's a cartoon one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who does the cartoon no. one. It's an Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's great. Thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Benjamin was one of his brothers. Come story, bro. Benjamin was the youngest brother, and then uh, jo- uh, Joseph tried to frame him for stealing. But he wasn't framing him because he did steal. No, st- wait. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving on. No, but you're here. You're here because you're you're uh, an intelligent lady, a, sh- a sharp lady. Whenever I ask people who should I get on the podcast, they always say you. I think it's going to be a letdown. I'm not going to lie. So no, listeners at we'll, home. No, we'll keep their attention. Yeah. But why? Why is that? Do you think? Why do? Why do people want want to hear what you have to say? Something about mm. you must be very engaging, captivating. I, the way you talk to people. Are you aware of that? I think I've got a lot of opinions. Maybe. Or I like to watch a lot of documentaries, so I like to, you know, talk about random... No, everyone's facts. got opinions. It seems to me that everyone in this friendship... We're in the same friendship circle now in London. It seems to me that everyone has a, has a, a degree of respect for you. Oh, that's nice. You Hi, guys. You- <laughs> Thank you. Do you get that impression? That you're like a Queen Bee around here? Well, yeah, obviously. Maybe not Queen Bee. I think Queen Bee. Let's go with Queen Bee. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm sure. actually named after two queens, Amina and Elizabeth. Who's... Oh, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Who's Queen Elizabeth, I was going <laughs> to say? <laughs> Who's Queen... What is Queen Amina? 
Queen, Queen Amina was a queen in northern Nigeria. I don't know much about her other than in Nigeria, that. your family origins. Yes, I'm Nigerian. I think I knew that. I'm also Polish, sure. Jewish, Brazilian, and English. Brazilian? Yes. Wow, a full mix. And how did all those mixes... Because a lot of my, my slack-jawed listeners will be listening to that thinking, Amina, those are all places that are very far apart from each other. How did they all come together and, I'm gonna f- and te- form the, the person in front of me today? I'm going to teach you a lesson about something in history. Yeah. It was called slavery. Slavery? It was a big thing. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, so my great-grandfather on my mother's side... A wrong thing, if you ask me. Wrong, that's good. Good answer. Thank good you. answer. Thank you. Um, I learned a lot from Adam's Yeah. <laughs> it's good to see that you've moved on. <laughs> Well, now the now the race because it's like uh, whenever Adam or someone comes on and says like, "Oh, I want to talk about like racism," I always feel like I have to be the one that's like defending racism. <laughs> you know, I have to take the. Oh, on the other hand, racism is great sometimes. Yeah, probably not. But like yeah. today, we're going to talk about feminism, so I'm going to have to be the one that's like, "But actually, m- what about men or whatever?" You know. I, I thought you were a men's right activist. Aren't to I going to have to? I'm not really. But um, I'm, I'm not really a feminist either. Not many women consider themselves to be feminists, do they? I think a lot do. I read that uh, 7% of British women consider themselves to be feminists. Who did and that, that poll? That, I want to say the Office for National Statistics. I don't think the ONS would do a poll like that, do you? I don't <laughs> How we re- like that? Do you do polls about I don't do rem- people consider themselves feminists? I don't remember asking that question, but maybe mm. I just... It's the kind of thing I would just bluff and write down. No, Current sorry, job. you sorry, you were, te- you were telling me about slavery and how... and how. Uh, oh, no, I was just saying my... Um, Brazilian my- and Polish and, and Nigerian yeah. all came to be, to be yeah. one whole human. Well, my great-grandfather or whatever on my mum's side was a returned slave, so he was taken, or his family were taken to Brazil, where loads of slaves were taken to. So most people think about it more like US, North America. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of slaves went to further south of America. Really? Um, but yeah, but then he returned and went to Nigeria, so he was a returned slave, and he had married a Brazilian woman. So it's interesting, actually. So he returned to Nigeria with the Brazilian woman. So after, yeah. So after emancipation, there was a really big movement of black people going back to Africa. Right. So it's a huge thing where people wanted to return to their roots, return to where they came from, but they didn't know where they came from. So hence Freetown and Sierra Leone. A lot of people settled there and called it Freetown because free slaves or free, free. citizens. Yeah. And, and loads of people. And it's a town. <laughs> yes, it is. And then um, loads of people went to Lagos. And interestingly enough, they called them the Agudas, the people who came back from um, Brazil, because that's a Portuguese word. And my mum's family are the Augustos, so it's quite clear where they came from, basically. The Augustos are what, a people, or that's a surname? So Augusto is my mum's surname, my mum's family surnames oh, of right, the returned okay. slaves. But they were actually known as Agudas, the people who came back from Brazil and settled in Lagos by the water. So Agudos is the name for a person who's like a freed slave. I don't actually know what it means. I'd have to Google what it actually means. But yeah, that's what they called them. They're like returned slaves from Brazil. They called them the Agudas. Okay. And is there a lot of like... uh, Because what I'm sensing in that story you just told is that there's like a bit of uh, pride about like overcoming slavery and stuff like that. It's like a fixture of 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 the family history. 
I guess so. I wouldn't say necessarily pride, but I think it's an interesting fact. And I love history. It's definitely history. interesting. Yeah. Like, I love history and I particularly like um, colonialism, kind of exploration, you know, foundation of America, Australia, that kind of thing. Not foundational mm. discovery, because they always existed. But you know what I mean. So, But you have to start somewhere, don't you? You have to, found a, you have, to have founding documents and... Uh... Well, you need that for a nation or if you're going to kind of yeah. make a state with a government, but you don't need it for a country because technically a country is a landmass. So a state is a political or the governmental organisation of the people within that physical boundary. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. If, you, if you're going to start, a, you know, peoples and looking after people, if you're going to start a civilization, you know, a good place to start would be planting your flag and saying, hey, from now on, let's... Let's be a country. Yeah. Yeah. Takes doing that sometimes. Yeah. It usually is in human history, I think. There's people over there. There's other people. That means we need to call them something, which means we need to call ourselves something. Who are we and who are them? Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's very us and them. Is that like a biological? Are we predisposed to, to like fight each other? I think we're predisposed to fight each other. I think one of the reasons homo sapiens... Are we tribal, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um... I don't think it's necessarily fight. I think it's definitely tribalism. But I think a reason why Homo sapiens were more successful than other human species on this earth and the reasons why we survived is because um, a lot of the time they say that when we came into contact with other groups, we would sometimes fight them, but we would also trade with them. And trade and learning kind of tools and knowledge from other kind of humans that we came into contact with is one of the reasons why... We're here today. Right, yeah, yeah. We focus on the fighting and the slavery and stuff, but mm. there's also the exploration and the and the and the and the commerce yeah. and the stuff like that. It's like all the new research which shows that we uh, mated with like Neanderthals and stuff and other human species. Um it's just really interesting to see how actually making those alliances made us stronger in some ways. Yeah, sometimes we've got to band together to yeah. get to get through the harsh realities, which brings us to love. And feminism. <laughs> Because women need to band together now yeah. more than ever. It's because I just I just looked at the clock and realized we've been talking for ten minutes, and you're talking about colonialism, whereas I mm. invited you here to talk about Love Island. Yeah, and it's because whenever you get a black but, person you know, on the podcast, you want to talk about the, race. That's two sides why. of the same course. No, mm. I would like to make it clear that Amina started talking about colonialism all by. Oh no, did I ask about? You did ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting. I always ask, like, you know, what's your family origins and stuff. Do I always ask that, or is that? I think it's just a London thing that I've started doing because, in obviously, if I ask that in Wales, they'd just be like, "Down the road, my family's always been in this village." But have they, or do you just think they have? My, fa like I said on another podcast, I I googled my name once to see like where where um what the family origins are of Roberts. Is it North Wales? I think you'd be surprised, though. It's not just about the kind of male line and the name as we go back to feminism. It's also yeah. about, you know, your f female history. Yeah. The of stuff that's come through there. And also, I was watching something <laughs> where they were saying, like, the best thing to do with a racist is to take them to have a DNA test. So maybe we should have a go to have a DNA <laughs> test together. I uh, would love to. I would not love as pure blood Welsh as you think you are. <laughs> I would love to have one of those, uh, one of those uh, DNA tests. Because then I feel like, what if I come back like... 20% African and then then people will stop calling me a racist yeah exactly yeah then I, I think we should do it actually <laughs> wear it like a badge yeah uh, and also those DNA tests help snag murderers do they yeah 
Uh, could you get more people's DNA and genes being coded so when you take DNA you find it easier to put it into a it's database? Because, well, it's because now that they've just started doing this but it's like a sneaky trick. If a murderer leaves DNA at the scene of the crime they upload it to those databases as like a ah. just pretending to be that person yeah. and then they find a distant cousin or whatever and then they work backwards and try and figure out That's who it was. That's really clever. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are against those DNA tests because they feel like um, they're like getting loads of information off yeah. like different people and selling it and blah, blah, blah. But actually, it's a really good thing for us to get as much information about different people's DNA as possible so we can learn more about overall human DNA. Right, right, right. right, right. But we're at our infancy at understanding DNA, aren't we? This is a so. topic that we, that we should not talk about because I don't know if <laughs> anything about DNA. I don't know much about DNA. I'm not scientific i actually want to put a disclaimer on the podcast yeah. that i might talk about a lot of things that i don't know that much about but i watch a lot of documentaries so i feel like i know a bit about a lot of random things yeah exactly <laughs> and also this is the hoopers podcast so if the listener hasn't realized yet that we don't know what we're f- talking about with any of this shit. that's the point right i've it's realized like, that to be fair as a listener we should <laughs> <laughs> we should be allowed to talk about stuff that we don't we're not like an expert on I don't like this whole idea of like, oh, only we must defer to the, to I the higher ups and the. I think everyone should just talk about everything. Everyone should offer an opinion about everything. I think everything about recent history has shown us that we shouldn't. I think the problems with Twitter and social media these days is that everyone's <laughs> offering unsolicited opinions. Like, sit down, be quiet. Like, no one asked you. You don't know shit. It's like the reason behind Brexit is like everyone's voting on something they don't know shit all about. Maybe everyone should just be quiet. No, yes, I, I agree. And I abstained from my <laughs> Brexit vote because. I, I objected to uh, being polled about something that the public obviously doesn't know anything about. Like, mm. on both sides. No one knows anything about whether it would be better or worse to stay in. Obviously, mm. you know, 12 people in Britain have a pretty mm. good handle on it. We hope. Well, I mean, they're useless now. We've made our decision. We're going to have to leave, aren't we? Mm. But it's good. For, let's hope we have someone in the Britain who knows what's good and what's yeah. not about leaving or and how that, we do it yeah. and that person help us and that person is Boris J. Johnson mm. no to, comment I had to guess a middle name yeah no comment <laughs> no comment I'm a civil servant no comment look we didn't, we didn't we didn't come here to talk about Brexit we like no. to call this a Brexit free podcast yeah. and a Trump free podcast we don't like to talk I about Trump I don't want Trump to talk either. about those we like to you know this is where you come to talk about just whatever you know Oh, that's a nice coat rack over there. Don't you think? Don't you like my coat rack? I don't want to get into some kind of Joe-style podcast where we just talk about the room for 15 minutes. No one wants to listen to that on their way to work. No, but more mindless than than, than Brexit and slightly mi- more mindful than coat racks is is something like Love Island, right? Yeah. Because I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot you can you can glean from Love Island about society. Yeah, I it's think a it's a good petri dish. Yeah. yeah. And so we should say, because Hassan expressed concern, because uh, I said we were going to talk about Love Island, and he doesn't watch Love Island. So he was concerned that he wouldn't be able to follow this podcast. So we are going to talk about Love Island, because I love Love Island. <laughs> but also, we're going to try and make it like as, you know... Accessible s- w- for yeah. all you listeners out yeah. there. Yeah, we're going to be like, oh, what about when da-da-da did that? And what does that mean for wider society? And the, yeah. that, that kind of stuff, you know. We'll fill you in on the backstory. You'll end up watching the show. It will be beautiful. Yeah. Full circle. And 
I know, I know. <laughs> I keep claiming that I'm trying to move away from it, but how about that racism in Love Islander? I think they're trying to diversify this year. Yeah, they're always trying, but when you go on Twitter, they're always on about in the Love Island hashtag. It's always so divided between people mm. saying this is racist and people saying like. No, it's because everyone fine. has an opinion. People need to pipe down, to be honest. Mm. But I would say that I don't think the issues are with are just with Love Island. I think they are symptomatic or just shining a light of what happens in society. So everything that happened last year with Samira and, you know, the whole idea that black skin, like dark skin, black did, girls so it, don't get picked. Okay, so Samira was yeah. a was a, a dark skinned... Not even that dark, to be honest. But yeah, let's go for dark she skin. She I don't know. I don't know what's the girl. PC word to, to say at, at this point. She was black. Yeah. And she was a contestant on Love Island. She was the only contestant on Love Island. Right? Who and, was black? And Love Island, we should say, because some there'll be some American listeners as well who don't know what Love Island is. Love Island, uh, you take like five guys and five girls, and you put them in a in a hotel resort, and then they have to like choose who to couple up with. Mm. In inverted co- uh, quote, quote, comma, quote. Yeah. Quotations. So it's like a game show, a bit like The Bachelorette um, or something like that. Where it's like Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise, which is an amazing show, and if you're not watching it, you should watch it. Thank you, Romana. So, I um, knew you yeah. were going to be one of my favorite guests. <laughs> the aim, the aim of the show is to be the strongest couple. So the strongest couple is voted by the public at the end, win fifty thousand pounds. <laughs> so you're trying to find love, but the whole time throughout the show, they introduce new people. So at the beginning, there's five girls, five boys. They get into couples. It's looking good. They're getting along. Mm-hmm. But new fitties are introduced every, you know, every couple of days. And people either, you know, get out of their couples and go for the new one. Their heads get turned and heads they decide turned. to couple up with someone else. Mm. Or they want to stay with their person, they're true, they're loyal. Yeah, and it's like half, it's half them trying to win like a mm. game show or whatever. And half of them actually thinking like this is who I would want to be with on the outside, right? Yeah, or are you just si- or are you just cynical and you think it's all a game sh- like Clara? Clara's a very <laughs> cynical lady. So if you talk to her about Love Island, it's all like, "Oh, well, he's just trying to win the game." That's not a very good cl- <laughs> not a very good Clara impression, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a mix. Like I think that some people like Curtis so this year there's a guy called Curtis on and he is clearly just trying to play a game playing to win and some people truly want to find love yeah I can't think of an example maybe Tommy there's a guy called Tommy who's very sincere very cute I think he wants love and we should say that Tommy is is Tyson Fury's brother the Tyson Fury which is still I can't look at him on screen and not think like, oh my god, this is Tyson Fury's brother. I have the opposite because I don't know anything about boxing or Tyson Fury, so I would probably think Tommy Fury, the Love Island guy, before Tyson Fury if I was thinking Tyson Fury is absolutely fascinating as a guy. You must know a little bit about him. He boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they Irish? I learned that from Love Island. Yeah, he's a, he's from a gypsy traveller family. like a, Like an actual... Is like, Tommy a gypsy traveller? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, at least that's what his heritage... I mean, Tyson is. It's not quite clear. Are they like half-brothers or something? You, you can never tell with gypsies. Oh, anyway. I don't want to be part of a racist podcast. I love the gypsies. <laughs> I love the Jews. <laughs> love them all. Okay, well, 
let's just say, you know, gypsies have a, a is sometimes a more complicated family tree than the average human. Is that <laughs> is that not okay to say? The average human. I think that's just a going back to feminine that feminism actually okay i don't want to talk about love island no i'm just saying that demonstrates (laughs) that your perception of normal comes from kind of a white male kind of traditional norm yeah Yeah, but but that isn't isn't necessarily the norm white is the norm are there more white people on this planet than in britain i would but i think in terms of the whole human race i don't think it's the norm no 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 well i mean gypsy travelers aren't the norm yeah, I'm just know. saying, why does there... There isn't really a... But we live in, like, a British culture, and especially Love Island is a very, you know, zeitgeist kind of thing, isn't it? You know what I mean? I think it's a very British show, and it's obviously very popular here. It's also really popular in Australia, weirdly, our Love Island. The British one? Yeah, they get really po- They get really famous in Australia. Really? All of them, yeah. Australia is a bit of a an us tag-along, don't you think? Like, they're shouting over there, like, oh, yeah, good one, mate, and we're like, what? Who, who is that guy? Well, we sent them there, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. And they they think, like, they're still... It's like we sent them off on a boat, like, don't worry, we're still your friends. And they, like, just believed us. (laughs) And we... (laughs) Fools. Yeah, and we were just like, actually, f*** those guys. We're just (laughs) going to be doing it here, doing our own We needed more space. Yeah, yeah. It was too crowded over here. Uh, What were we talking about? We were talking about Love Love Island. What do you think about Love Island? Let's get into it. The couples. You you need to, you know, show me what you think. Who's your favourite? No, I got stuck talking about Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is a, a very interesting guy, but I'll save that for another thing. Uh, my favorite is obviously Tommy because he's Tyson Fury's brother. Uh, I like Curtis more than the average. I think Curtis is quite engaging and quite funny. Really? Yeah. Obviously, I don't like what he did. It, um, should we? Ex- How is he funny? I've never heard him tell a joke. No, no, not funny exactly, but like uh, he has a bit of a flamboyant delivery and stuff he's a dancer he's right in- he's a ballroom mm. dancer so I, you know how some people just the way they speak you're like and that that's what that, that's what like when you're dating and stuff that's what you're looking for more than anything is like a bit about them a yeah. bit of a bit of zhuzh, yeah i like their vibe i like the i like the way they shimmy their shoulders when they talk or whatever you know what i mean i don't like his vibe i think he's playing a game so basically curtis came in very early on like day two Saw this girl, Amy, very pretty young girl. I think she's about 27 and her looks obviously don't matter because we're talking about feminism, so I didn't (laughs) say that. But very lovely girl. (laughs) They got together quite early on and he was all like, oh, I really like you, I want to be with you. Very flattering to her. She's never had a boyfriend before. So she's about 26, 27, never really been in love or had a boyfriend. And she's really taken with him. So it looked like they were the perfect couple. Everyone was like, Curtis and Amy, they're from the start. People thought they were going to win. Because traditionally in Love Island, if a couple gets together at the start and stays together, they usually get all the votes. It's a sign of strength. Yeah, but what's happened is, Curtis, his eyes were turned. So some new girls came into the villa. He started his head was turned. His head was turned. His eyes can be turning around. Let's keep the phrases simple for the folks at home. They've only just learned this head turning phrase, and now we're asking them (laughs) about turning the eyes as well. Well, sometimes his whole head wasn't turned. To be fair, just his eyes. Like imagine a little side eye. Because he saw this girl was like she's really fit. Had two conversations with her. The conversations consisted of her being like. I don't like you, pretty much. Yet he still broke up with Amy because he was like, something's not right, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I thought it was a bit of a dick 
move. It's good that he broke up with her and told her that he wasn't into it because he wasn't into it and there's no point stringing her along. Mm-hmm. But he would never liked her. He never acted like he really liked it. It was all a show, I think. No, I think I think you can really like someone in like, and this is where I'm extrapolating to just general day to day life for for, the, for Hassan's sake, and not his own personal experiences. I think I think it's very possible to like meet someone and you like them and you're like, yeah, this is nice, comfortable, blah 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 blah, and then suddenly, like, you start to think, actually, hang on, this, this is getting serious. Let's actually analyze: is is this going to be a thing? You know. But why did he ask her to be his half girlfriend if he wasn't already? Well, he probably felt he probably felt like good and comfortable about it at that time. But then I found that when my head, not that my head gets turned, but like when my head isn't in it anymore in a particular relationship, it happens very quickly. Like it almost happens overnight where I'm like, you know, I think to myself like, actually not sure about that and then immediately it's like that this is over like i've got i've got i've got to end this i think it's really interesting so in general i wouldn't say that i really subscribe to kind of gender traits or saying men are like this and women are like this because we're all humans but love island does show you that men and women react to different situations in different ways and especially in relationships Mm. so i think a lot of guys that does happen where suddenly it's like no she's not the right one move on my head's not in it go with my gut i'm not feeling it whereas girls i feel are more likely to give it a chance and work through it so like in love island um there were these two girls amy who we talked about who's with curtis and amber who was with another guy and they were in kind of a serious coupling and they both um, had the opportunity to talk to other guys, basically, and they didn't. They kind of stayed loyal, stayed true, were always like, I've got my guy back home. And you could see that they really felt like, okay, even if my head was turned, I need to go talk to the guy I'm with, communicate about it, think about it before just going off with someone else. Whereas mm. I think guys are more likely to be instantly like, I'm not in it, need to move on, find someone uh-huh. else. But if I may just stick up for team man over here... Uh, young uh, young Anna, she 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 was in a couple with a, with a fella named Jordan. You know, lovely couple. They're getting on, they're hugging and kissing and stuff, which is what couples do, I'm told. And and then uh, and then she she gets her head turned when that when that tall fella walks in. He was really fit. I think we need to all appreciate that one. Ovi is a different situation. Ovi's don't come into your life every day. Six foot seven. This, this sounds like chocolate. a bit of a. No, sounds I'm just like saying. a bit of a double standard <laughs> to me. Sounds no, like a bit but of a on, a, on a serious note, on a serious note, it's different. So I think comparing Amy and Curtis or Amber and Michael's situation to Anna's is really difficult because Anna was coupled up with a boy, but she didn't know. Like they hadn't been in it a was couple a newer for as connection. long. It was a newer connection, and it hadn't been. They hadn't been saying that kind of stuff. Like, oh, I would never find someone like you. I really like you. They they weren't having those kind of conversations so yeah. it was less in depth and i think for anna it was a really tricky situation because she got this new guy who was everything she said she wanted everything she said from the beginning tall dark street from london street. older <laughs> yeah because you know the way anna talks she needs someone she needs i don't know how to explain this because i think we've had really different life experiences mm. but there so is me and you, you, me and you Ben. Oh, yeah. um, but there is kind of like 
I've got a lot of family who are like South London. I know a lot of people who are like black mixed race from South London. And it is a different kind of vibe and personality. You are kind of looking for that kind of vibe. And I can kind of get what Anna is going for in Ovi. It's that yeah. kind of... Anna's, you understand Anna's my context. Anna's not black, but she's... Uh, she's straight. Is she Iranian or something? Yeah, I think she's Iranian. Something like that? Yeah. Um... So, but what you're saying is like a, 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 something I picked up on there in that in that rant that you, <laughs> and you, that you just. Ran I came off. on the podcast yeah. to rant. Man. I'm still on Team Man over here. I did, one thing I picked up on is that you were saying, uh, you know, it's different because Anna and Jordan weren't saying like, oh, I, uh, I'm not going to meet anyone like you. Like this is special or whatever, uh, implying that the others did, and they did. Michael was saying that to mm. Amber, and and Curtis was saying that to Amy. But, I mean, I've said that to people in the past, whereas, like, uh, or, you know, things like, not quite as cringy as that, but, you know, things like What that. did you say? Tell us what you said. I, I can't think of what specifically, but I'm sure, like, when I'm in bed and I'm saying, you know, just things are on my mind, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you know, I feel really good about this, or, like, you know, I'm surprised at, like, the, the rate that my feelings are progressing or whatever, something like that. Okay, man bull- Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. well, that's, that's all it is at the end of the day. You're just like, uh, you just know. Just chatting. Yeah, you're just in Raising bed. Raising hopes, kicking them away. Well, some t- sometimes when I'm like, especially when I'm lying in bed with a girl, I feel like when she's looking at me, she's expecting me to say, she's expecting me, she's looking at me like, okay, and now say some stuff about how you feel. And I, so I just kind of open my mouth and just see what comes. <laughs> I'm just like, and I love you. Is that wouldn't what you want to Wouldn't it hear? be more kind of. I don't want to say. I want to say, wouldn't it be more mature if you just spoke what you really felt rather than I don't think. I don't think we have a good handle on what we really feel. This is what I was going to say. It was always true in the moment, like when I was saying that stuff of like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm surprised at the rate my feelings are progressing or whatever. It meant that I was genuinely surprised. I wasn't lying. But then also... I was surprised my feelings were progressing so quickly until I got you into bed, and now they've halted. <laughs> As soon as I get out of bed, I'm surprised at the rate that my feelings have regressed since, yeah. since I woke up. No, I'm I'm saying that, uh, you know, it can be true in the moment and then you go home and you have a think and suddenly those feelings feel very different in the morning light. That's not a, it's a, a, you know, that might come across as like a man thing of like, oh, you only feel it when you're in bed. But it's more like just, you know, upon reflection, it feels differently. I think maybe it's... Isn't that what's happened with Curtis? I think part of it is the way kind of women and men have been brought up to kind of expect different things from relationships. So I think in that situation, I'm not saying like loads of girls and like women have that too, I would say, where their feelings feel different later on, but they're probably more likely to be patient, wait it out, think this is just a feeling, let's see what happens and where it goes. Where I think men are going to be quicker to kind of cut the relationship off as soon as it's not kind of perfect or as soon as they're having like one doubt it's like okay this isn't right we need to shut it down right and i think maybe that's something to do with um like expectations like the idea that men are supposed to go out and get a woman whereas women need to wait to be chosen therefore they need to be patient and kind of well so you think women feel like they they feel like they have to just take what they can get in a way i think that is definitely the um what society says to women is it? Yeah, I think the whole concept of kind of marriage and 
the idea of like you need to wait until you're given away to some man or some man proposes to you you don't propose to them you don't go get them you need to wait till he says i want you right yeah, you know, yeah that yeah. kind of thing would you ever propose to a to a man i think it depends on the circumstance um i think i've still got a lot of kind of i i'm still I you know, a product gi- of my society but aren't you you're giving the the feminist answer right now that in your heart of hearts you would like to be proposed to in my heart of hearts i would i prefer to be proposed that's who i want to talk i want to talk to amina's heart of heart yeah (laughs) okay opening my heart no but i'm just saying i think the reason i think that is because i'm not immune to kind of what society tells me yeah i'm being conditioned to think that however i could imagine you know sitting in bed and just be like hey should we get married like you know Right. I would like, I wouldn't hesitate to bring it up first. It's like, do you want to just you know do it? Yeah. Like yeah. I would have to. I think if a if a girl asked me to to get married, it would it would be over. Really? <laughs> I think so. Because that if would you be such yes? a challenge. To my manhood is so fragile yeah. that that would be such a that would be such a challenge to my manhood. That would that would be like wow. So you think I can't. Yeah. Maybe you can't. <laughs> you think I can't get down on one knee? I, I do, but anyway, aside from that, would you date a girl who earned more than you, or would you be in a long-term oh, relationship? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, That's so your man is not that fragile. No, no, no. It's more like with um, kind of social stuff like... Um, what else is it? I'm trying to think of, of what, are the, what, what are the little dating cues I'm old-fashioned. Like, pa- like paying for food. Yeah. I always feel like, you know... If if a lady paid for my food, I would feel very um, unless we were like very deep into a relationship, I would feel uh, really? like it was a challenge to my. I was like, w- really, I can't provide for the for this. What if it was like at the supermarket or something? If it was just like you know, a, f- a few quid, like if mm-hmm. I just need like a. Yeah, if you were just in the supermarket, you were buying some bits for dinner, and she was like, "Oh, I'll get this." Yeah, that wouldn't be that, that wouldn't be too bad. If we were out somewhere, then it would be like in a restaurant sitting yeah, down, you'd yeah. be like, nah. And like we both have we both have our cards out and she's like, No no no, I'll get this. You know, Why is it okay for it. a man to do that but not a woman? I mean it's okay for both. I'm just I'm just saying that that's how my that's how my gut like I was telling you earlier, my gut does <laughs> does all my thinking for me. Are you sure you should use that brain of yours a little bit more? <laughs> Is the gut thing working out for you that well? <laughs> no, but I think uh, I think if I start using my head in the dating stuff, I feel like I'll end up unhappy. You know oh, what I mean? Because you'll overthink all- it. No, but we can all make uh, you know, we can all make logical decisions. I'm sure, like lots of the relationships I've been in, the logical thing was like to stay in them or whatever. How many relationships have you been in? Oh no, man, like two or three. How long were they? Not that long. Have you ever had a long... Well, I don't know what long is. Uh, not one that I would call long. They all kind of fizzle out. Have you I ever been in it, love? Yeah. yeah. How long was that relationship? I don't want to talk about that. Can you just tell me, <laughs> uh, just tell me how long the relationship was? So I've got a frame of reference. It was... The actual relationship part of it wasn't long. It was like a few months. Uh, but I don't want... I, I don't want. I feel like um, I, I. It's very rare that I can find someone to fall in love with. So the rest of it, like, it's a very uh, unique person that has to come along. Isn't it rare for anyone though? Everyone. I feel like my type is 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 harder to find. What's your type? I don't. It's harder. I don't know. It's hard to explain it. They've got to be a bit like 
quirky and uh, and like uh, just a bit different. Okay. Uh, and uh, it's like rare that I uh, that I meet someone that tickles my fancy. So a lot of the time I'm like, like I've got a date tomorrow night. Like, you know, my expectations are very low. Like I know I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna think she's you know nice, but. Right, like how much have you chatted to her? Like, Not what's that the back? Much. What's the backstory behind the date? She's Canadian, and I've just been making a bunch of Canadian jokes, and she's been like, "Haha, yeah, cool." And then, did you meet on an app? Yeah. Okay, so you both swiped. Both That's swiped. the first yeah, yeah. first hurdle done. Yeah. Clearly thinks you're all right. Yeah. Had sure, a bit yeah. of chat, mostly jokes, nothing serious. Like, do you know anything about her? She's from Canada. Does she talk? Have you talked about like what she does or what hobbies she has or anything like that? Anything interest like anything that stands out? She, uh, she's from Canada. Okay. That's that's all so far. But then sometimes, like um, the like the last hinge date, I haven't been on a hinge date in a long time. But the last hinge date I went on, uh, I didn't know much about the girl, and that was like one of the most successful. Yeah, because you have a lot to talk about. I love first dates. Like first dates are my favorite. No, I because hate first dates are the best because you don't know anything about them. You have so much to talk about. You can literally ask them anything but i'm not i'm not naturally curious about people like normally when i I. normally when i meet someone my initial response is like no don't want to meet this person the good thing about dates is like in life i really don't like talking to people and i'm not very curious but dates you know like you're you're forcing that situation anyway (laughs) hello (laughs) time for a date No, but you're in that situation, it's one-on-one, and I quite like that when you can get, like, more out of someone one-on-one. You're having drinks anyway, so just get and ask them what their hopes and dreams are. Yeah. And you, like, just learn something about new people. It's quite fun to do that. But because as well, because I feel like I'm a bit of a strange uh, uh, fella, you know what I mean? My, like, my conversation style and, like, the, the, my, the progression of my thoughts and stuff and like my responses to stuff on dates is like unusual so I always feel like uh, before the dates I have to like (laughs) make yourself normal no like the opposite like make it clear like you're not getting a normal date (laughs) like I'm gonna talk about pedophiles almost certainly I think that's the funnest date so when you like talk about when you talk about pedophiles no but like completely random things or like you move away from the general like what do you do blah 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 and start like getting in depth on a topic and it depends what kind of girls are you dating because I see this all the time with my male friends like they'll want someone quirky and interesting but they'll swipe on all the blonde five foot seven blue eyed girls okay well she only happens eight. to be blonde and five foot seven <laughs> she's also probably interesting I mean I'm not saying anything to all the but blonde what's, but what's you know, in, but how do I recognise interesting on a, on an app I think if they look really like yeah yeah and they just want to go out every you know night with their friends and you know have a like a glass of wine at a really nice wine bar with you before having dinner somewhere then they're probably not going to be the most interesting person oh not going to be like I think if they've had a very limit if you can tell that they're very like middle class had a very normal lifestyle they're probably not going to be that yeah. interesting because they haven't had any You're life saying experiences I'm looking for someone working class you know, <laughs> scraping by basically life. yeah <laughs> someone who's had a bit of grit that's my type <laughs> you want someone who's had a bit of hard life or done you know done something you know what i mean rather than just gone, gone through to, something yeah rather than let's say gone to you know a uh, private school then a because red brick university then lives in london in fulham with their two friends see, <laughs> because you'll see amina that uh, do, do you know a lot about the bachelor and bachelorette i've you know watched anything previous about previous seasons but i haven't watched this season. okay 
But I was going to say, what they do on there is basically to get through the date, you have to drop a, a sob story. Like they'll yeah. they'll invite you to the dinner, and then the 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 lead person will sit you down and be like, "So, what makes you you?" Mm-hmm. And you have to be like, "Well, it's actually because." I was raised in an orphanage in my, you know. And to be fair, I think I've been a bit harsh. Like, everyone has a sob story. I think everyone's got, like, one interesting story, but obviously you want someone with a couple more. So but I always, say, I always say on The Bachelor, you'll see, because you're going to stay and watch The Bachelorette with us, right? Yes, I am. You're going to enjoy it. Let me tell you, it's going to be a corker of an episode. But it's less about, you don't have to have the best sob story. It's all about the delivery. You just have to act like it's had a really profound impact on your life. What's your sob story? My sob story would be... I don't know. My next door neighbor was murdered. Is that a good one? I've heard that. It's it's an interesting story. It didn't really have an effect on my life. Well, it did. It made you fascinated with crime and want to be a detective and all these things it had a massive impact I, I mean if i was on the show that's how i would pitch it but <laughs> in real life that's not the like that's the, how i psychoanalyze you so do, what else do you think about me as someone who has met me six times now i need to hear your stop story before i can uh, <laughs> make a judgment i think it, but like i said it'd be all in the delivery it's all like you know i grew up with da-da-da impression and then a big thing happened and now now I'm more thoughtful and now I know how mm. to treat a lady. That kind of thing. Did Obviously, I have sub stories, but I don't want to tell them on the podcast because that's weird. But it's that's a light-hearted podcast. Surely the listeners want to know. No, I don't want to talk. But I don't want to get too personal because that's like, uh, you know, people don't want to. I feel like people are tuning into podcasts to get away from their own problems. They don't want to hear about my problems. My favorite podcast, and I listen to quite a few, is when you kind of get to understand the life of the host. Oh, of me. Uh, <laughs> is that me? I'm the host. Oh, this is what we've been doing here this whole time. <laughs> Thought I just came for a glass of wine. No, but that's how I like to. I like to treat it. I pitched this uh, this podcast as like it, it can be like elevator music. You can either like really listen to what we're saying, or you can just like have it on in the background while you're like sorting through. You're doing the washing. Well, that's up Joe's or. episode, obviously. <laughs> I like Joe's episode. I mean, I enjoy I enjoyed the episodes where I'm able to make fun of people that they hate Jews. Well, I am part Jew. Well, I'm Jewish technically, so exactly. I can't play that game yeah. with you. Is there a group of people that you hate? Air hostesses. <laughs> I really hate air so, hostesses and air hosts or whatever. So that's Amy, crew. right? So I like Amy, and I actually like Laura from last season's Love Island, who was an air hostess. Yeah. But in general, in my heart of hearts. Whenever I get on a plane, they're just really um, entitled. <laughs> like, just tell them what you should want to do the whole time. They're allowed to sit stand down. up when the seatbelt signs. Exactly. Like, they're get over me yourself. To sit down. Do this. Do that. Oh. No. Uh, um. My. Uh, I have a friend visiting next week from America, and she is a lovely lady, and she's an air hostess. Uh, probably. A bit- America is a bit different, I think, because they have like a they re- retain a, a modicum of of. Uh, Glamour. I've been on loads of flights to loads of different places and they're all <laughs> Well, alright then. <laughs> <laughs> My feelings on it. I can't help it. Sorry, Miranda. I tried to stick up for you, but... Uh, yeah, so... But do you have a type... Like, if you turn up on a date, uh, is there a type where you're like... You know, if they express X opinion or if they are 
from X background or da da da. It's so like maybe mm. maybe you'll in your head you'll go like oh no I'll give him a chance, but really in your heart of hearts you know that you know they're yeah. not they're not going to conquer your biases on. It's like on a previous podcast you were talking about <laughs> like feminism and I think you said abortion makes you uncomfortable. And I think if I was on a date with someone who was anti-abortion, I'd be like, "Oh, all oh, right, yeah." Yeah. So, do you want me? Would it make you feel better if I like uh, reassured you on <laughs> my on my stance on abortion? What's your stance, Ben? I don't know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what it is. That doesn't make me feel good. No, but I'm just not. I'm just not. Um, I'm just not. I'm just not pro-abortion. Like, no I don't, one's pro-abortion. They're pro-choice. I'm not pro the um, the the the, uh, the 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 willy nillyness of it that I sometimes glean from. What? Who's telling you it's willy nilly? Where are you getting this from? Th- that's the sense that I get sometimes. From who? From someone who's actually had an abortion? Yeah, from people that I've met. Okay. And uh, you know, and just the whole uh, the amount of weeks makes me uncomfortable. I don't know what the r- the right amount of weeks is. You know, and up until you can have yeah, one up until Yeah, but why does that make you uncomfortable? Because of how formed the. I don't think. I think that is. Um, I think if it's medically viable <laughs> and sound, it's still a fetus. It's not a child, and I. I don't think twenty-four weeks is that long. And I think what they tried to do in um, is it? It's not just Alabama. It's somewhere else in the U.S. where they've. Um, I only know the Alabama. Yeah. They've effectively reduced the number of weeks where you can get an abortion to like eight weeks, which is so short. So basically, realistically, it's you a, need to a wait bit less than two months. Yeah, and okay, think about it, Ben. So you need to wait to your missed period. So let's say you have sex, you've right. got three to four weeks before you can even take the pregnancy test to confirm you are pregnant. Then you've got another two weeks before you can book in an abortion. So that first six weeks isn't really viable. So that means, under UK law, I think it's between six and nine weeks you can get a medical abortion. So that means you've got a three-week window to kind of basically sort that out. (laughs) Admin burden, you know. And then you've got, like, between the nine and 24 weeks to get a a surgical abortion, I think. But realistically, it's... It's not that much time. Like, if you think about it, and you think about, like, How three weeks 20- to make a major life decision yeah. to have a medical abortion, there's not a lot of time to be able to think about it to, like, say, talk it through with your partner to come to a decision. How long is 24 weeks? Are like, five months? Something like that? 24 weeks? I'm really bad at math. Five and a... What's four divided by 24? Anyone? Well, six. there's 52 weeks. Six. No. There's 52 weeks in a year, so half that would be 26. Yeah, so it's about So 24... I'm just taking about a research six months, break. I'm still listening. About six months, you mean? But yeah, six I, months. Sorry. <laughs> I'm clearly not listening. Sorry, I've, guys. I've just taken a quick research break. One of my favourite podcasts is a song for this. I can sing it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. It's a research break. Yeah. While we waste your time doing things we should have done ahead of time. To be fair, it's telling me that I need to describe to read this article <laughs> entitled Why the 24 Abortion Limit Matters. So therefore, I don't know. That's the kind of top-notch research you get on the Hooper's podcast. <laughs> blocked by firewall settings. Yeah. No, I was... But pr- presumably, because you heard me say that thing about abortion, that you heard me say that uh, that my friend had a baby who was born at, at 22 weeks. Yes, I did. I wasn't listening. Born that. very premature. Yeah. That that's twenty two weeks is very premature. Yeah, I mean, so. we were really worried when we heard. Like, like I was, yeah. I was telling everyone, like, guys, let's. Yeah. Because p- people were saying, like, congratulations on the baby, and I was saying, like, guys, we like, need to hold off. Let's like, chill for a second because yeah. this is f-ing serious. 
Uh, it's true, but I don't know. I still think, even though a baby could be viably born at 24 weeks, if you're saying, I don't know, I didn't think that was medically true, to be honest, but if you're saying that's true, I still think it's the mother's choice. It's still her choice whether to have a baby or not. Is it so you would say it's her choice at, at seven months and eight months as well? The only reason I wouldn't say it's her choice at that time is because it's medically unsafe to have an abortion at that late. So morally, you think she should be allowed uh, to abort a seven or eight month old fetus? I think morally, it is the mother's choice whether to have a baby. And I don't think it necessarily matters how formed (laughs) that fetus is. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. But doesn't it make you uh, uncomfortable? I mean, isn't that an uncomfortable position for you to take? I think it's, uncom- it's uncom- my I think it's an uncomfortable position for me to take, but I think I've got to be true to what I feel is right, and I don't think it's right to have babies in this world that people didn't want to be born. I don't think it's fair to give birth to a child and have a child put into the into care or you know grow up knowing that it wasn't wanted. And I'm coming from a place. My mum wanted not- to abort me, by the way, right. and she told this story at my fifteenth birthday party. Oh. So I'm not saying that abortion's always the choice. I'm saying people should have be able to make that choice and should have an appropriate amount of time to make that choice. So for me, aborting at seven or eight months, morally, I don't think it's that wrong. But I think medically it's not safe, one. And two, come on, like, let's be realistic. You should know before seven months you got time. You know, you should have made your choice a bit sooner. Mm. And I think that's my only thing. It's like, we're not idiots here. Like, you can make your choice you within four months. You just have a bit months. less sympathy for, for a lady because... Not less sympathy, but I do think you can hurry up. But I do think that of most people in most situations in life, I don't really understand why it takes some people so long to do things. All right, yeah. But you're saying if you turned up on a date and a guy expressed the opinions that I've expressed to the extent that I've expressed... I, I don't have a position, but express discomfort at the current uh, state of, of abortion in the UK, you you would immediately be like, mm, this is this is irredeemable. I probably wouldn't pursue it because I think we would have such Can you such give me a chance, opposite... Amina, to explain it? Uh, it's not saying that I would never date someone with opposite views to myself. Like, I don't agree with my boyfriend on everything, but I think that is something that's so fundamental to my beliefs. I think it would be hard to <clears> reconcile that. And I think in the long term that we wouldn't be able to get over that. Like, what if we got pregnant together? <laughs> you and me, Ben. Let's make a baby. <laughs> I'm proposing to you right now. How do you feel? How dare you? <laughs> this podcast is over. Oh. No, uh, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure we do a great job of having the baby. Well, what if I didn't want the baby? Then what happens then? And we have to have that whole conversation. Well, I think we'll it's... talk about it. For, but for, you don't like abortion. <laughs> we'll talk about it for months and months on end until it's too late and then we'll have it. If we can no, get I rid d- of it in seven months, then maybe we have to go for that option. Maybe you're right. Uh, how about we listen to a song? Would you like to listen to a song? Not really. I don't have it. Well, we always listen to a song. Uh, do I don't enjoy that bit of the podcast, to oh, be okay, honest. Okay, let's not listen to a song. I mean, what then. kind of song? I was going to listen to Miley Cyrus because I've had this. Oh, I love Miley Cyrus. Oh, I changed my mind. I thought you were going to like put some shit kind of cool song. No, I don't have a cool song to show you, partly because I, I forgot to think of one before this podcast. But also, uh, Love Island played Miley Cyrus uh, on, on Friday. Which song? So I j- Nothing Breaks Like a Heart. 
Oh yeah, is that Miley Cyrus? I didn't even know that. So I just th- I just thought maybe we should listen to it. It's to do with Love Island. It's to yeah. do with heartbreak. You know, it's all, it's, it's, all, it's all of our. But also, you know, it helps to it helps to have music to inspire us to think about love and 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 heartbreak and stuff like that. Yeah. And then when we come back, we'll both talk about, you know, love and heartbreak. How our hearts were shattered by. Uh, I think yours was was shattered by a previous guest, wasn't it? Oh, oh, it was actually. You know what? Now I laugh, but at the time, I'm sure it was. Well, I want to hear all about it after Miley has <laughs> has explained to us that nothing breaks like a heart. the idea nothing breaks like a heart hearts are very fragile things that we you know sometimes isn't it the thing that we take for granted most of all yeah our poor heart it's true have you been heartbroken before yeah of course was it the girl you said i love you to yeah i mean i i've said i love you to a bunch of girls okay was not it the a girl bunch you of were girls. in love with sorry sorry listeners i made a face that looks very confused that you didn't see <laughs> Just doling out the I love yous. No, no, I don't. Not a bunch of girls, but I have said it and not meant it. But uh, yeah, the why girl, do you say it and not mean it? Uh, sometimes I just feel like that's what she expects me to say. That's terrible. So I yeah, but also saying I don't love you that's quite terrible as well. Ah, uh, I really like um saying what I feel. Even if the other person doesn't expect it. Yeah, I get. And that I really impression. respect it in other people. So like, I think a guy who is like. Yeah, I mean, I might love you one day, but I can't say that right now. I would probably quite respect them. Yeah, I like to think that's where I'm at in my in my honesty now. But also, you've got to you've got to somewhat dance around these topics. Nah, bulldoze. No, I mean, your I mean, with, with you, maybe if I was your boyfriend, I would detect a um a a a a a a. a. <laughs> Someone's scared. I was going to say like a hardened uh, shell. That you could uh, kind of, you know, you can kind of bat around these these <laughs> concepts of love and stuff with, you know what I mean? It's like if you, if you think like a girl's tough enough to to say I don't mm. love you to, which you you seem to be to me. I don't think it's necessarily or maybe that's a hardened or a exterior. Shell. Yeah, I'm very sensitive, very soft, but um, I also I think. You can look at things like in abstract and logically as well. It doesn't have to be about your feelings. Like, oh, it doesn't have to be about your reception of, or like how you feel about what someone said. It's more like, okay, let's look at this logically. Like, we haven't known each other that long. You don't know that much about me. It's okay for you not to love me. You know what I mean? Like, logically, mm. there's a lot of reasons why it's someone. It's okay love for you. you not to love me. That would be a good uh, song title. Yeah, let's write it. 
I'm, th- I'm trying to think of song titles because I have this album coming out with Steph. Me and Steph are doing an album mm. together. It's called Grey Area. Really? Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's black what? and I'm white. Uh, he's going to do the production and like help with the hooks. and He's going to come in on the hooks. Mm. And I'm going to do the verses and the, and the choruses. Are you main vocals? Yeah. Well, I thought you just we haven't said discussed you haven't it, had singing well, lessons. I will be. Well, I can sing, I can hold a note. Uh, and Steph can, you know, Steph is musically inclined. Okay. Have you come, maybe if you came to the Bluey and heard us do karaoke on Thursdays. Yeah, maybe that will is that give me an idea. Are you in the city on Thursdays? Uh, I can be. I've been there before to do karaoke. It's a regular karaoke night. I don't know if you talk about it on the podcast. Of course, but, of course. Yeah. So the all, the, all the listeners know your regular karaoke The Blue karaoke I've made karaoke habit. seven nights a week. I've never, I've never heard of anything like it. No one. Seven not nights a week. Seven. That's nuts. A pub. That's karaoke. Every Imagine night. working Your there. Your dream. <laughs> I do love it, and and uh, we are loved there. What's what's your karaoke? What what's your go to? I'm not very good at karaoke. No, but if you were, if me and you were in the bluey right now, what are you looking for in the book? Probably a bit of Taylor Swift. Love my tea swizzle. What from her? Literally all the Taylor Swift and Love is the, the I Knew You Were Trouble. Oh, I Knew You Were Trouble is, is a it jam. Just called I think trouble? Shake It Off. No, it's called I Knew You Were Trouble. It's a whole song name. I think Shake It Off is a crowd pleaser. It's an easy one to sing. Mm. Um, Delicate. I really like that of her latest album. I don't album. know what that is. What's her latest they say, album? the best. My reputation's never been worse, but he must like And you me said you me. can't sing. Come on. Yeah, well. Um, her latest album is Reputation, but she's coming out with a new one this summer called oh, Lover. Okay. That's but something to look forward to. It what is. was the one with Shake It Off on? I liked that album. Uh, 1989, good. that was a very good album. I very good. Well done, Taylor. I liked, uh, I liked Wildest Dreams yeah. from that, you know, yeah. that song. I feel like this is very boring for the podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> very boring. Just talking about pop stars. I thought we were talking about heartbreak. Tell me about when your heart been broken. Well, I mean, if Taylor Swift hadn't been heartbroken, there'd be no album to talk about with Exactly. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the yeah. So I'm gonna u- tr- use that heartbreak from my from my past and try and translate mm-hmm. it into some music about like you know uh, vulnerability and uh, and uh, mm-hmm. you know and trying to do like a British Drakeish kind of thing. Do you feel that you find it harder in relationships because your heart has been broken in the past? Harder to harder to trust people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely because I because uh, um you know I think. Uh, I, I admire in some ways other people they're able to jump into a relationship like head first and just be mm-hmm. like yeah we'll just see and then like you know you know, and then you know maybe she'll fall in love with me blah, blah. And then I, but whenever I jump in a relationship I've always got the other relationship in the back of my mind of thinking like remember how that ended Ben remember when you were laughing and giggling on that first date and then look how that turned out remember that smile yeah. turned into a frown didn't it yeah. didn't it yeah Remember all those good times? Now remember you crying on the kitchen floor. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. So sure, it's the bathroom okay. floor. It's okay. Uh, but it it does make you kind of uh, yeah. You do have to go through those moments to uh, to uh, to uh, to know what you want and stuff. To know what to look for in a strong relationship. But then some people don't have to go through that. Some people just find their high school sweetheart. You know, when they're fourteen or whatever, and just stick with them forever. I think that's very rare. I think that's like a myth that is sold, especially to women. Is maybe it's more rare these and days. Be with but, people, forever. but people do that still. Still, people do that. Yeah, but I think it's quite rare. Yeah, I yeah. don't say people don't do it. I just... Yeah, is that what you thought that you and Sam would be? Yeah, I thought <laughs> we were going to get married. Uh, um, no, 
I don't think I ever thought that, but did I you used him. to like nice write kid. like little hearts with Sam written in them in your like geography textbook <laughs> or whatever? I'm sure I did. You know, it really sounds like classic something I, I would do. love to see those textbooks. Yeah, I would love to see them too. But he broke my heart. I think he might have been my first proper heartbreak. Did okay. he? So I had a boyfriend in year nine, my first boyfriend called Ash, and I broke up with him. And I had a boyfriend called Patrick in year 10, and he broke up with me, and that was really a sad. A lot of shout-outs going out right Yeah. Now. But then I had a boyfriend called Sam Hainault, who has been on the podcast, re- frequently mentioned, um, in year 11. Was it year 11 or year 12? Anyway, year 11 I feel like that was my... When we were like 16, 17. Mm. Anyway, I feel like that was my key, my first heartbreak. Yeah. And But is that because he, because he, he made you trust... I think because, you know, it was going well, but then there were these other girls who went to a different school who were kind of cool, would like, would hang out with them a bit. And it was very clear that one of the lead, the leader of their pack, Josie, liked my best friend's boyfriend and her little sidekick, Ella, liked Sam. It was very clear. And eventually Sam dumped me for Ella. Who's your best friend's boyfriend? Layla. Oh, Uh, Layla and Pete. Layla and Pete, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Layla and Pete were together, right? Yeah, right. yeah, for like three, four years. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm still trying to piece together everyone's. It's a very insidious group. Incestuous? Incestuous group. And insidious. And insidious. <laughs> <laughs> you see the sneaky up. <laughs> it's very like, uh, I don't want to just name them all on the podcast, but like, there's a lot, mm. like, d- even like now, people will say, like, hey, do you remember when da 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 went out with da da da? I'm like, what? Yeah. Those two together, what the f? <laughs> Back in the day, it's been a long time. It's been like 10, 15 yeah. years, you know. And uh, has Sam offered a, a full and frank uh, apology? He has, actually, over the years. I mean, it took a long time. So after he unceremoniously dumped me for another girl, hmm. I remember we used to hang out at this pub in Crystal Palace that would serve us underage. And I went to the pub and I knew he was going to be there. And then it was kind of like, do we talk about it or not? And then we kind of like half talked about it. And I kind of like hit him playfully, but in a really angry way. And you could tell I was really upset. And I like went home and I didn't speak to him for like a year. Oh, Yeah. And it was sad because before we got together, we'd been really good friends. So like the four of us, me, Layla, Pete and Sam, used to hang out together quite a lot. Oh, yeah. But it kind of ruined that dynamic. How long did it take for you to... to properly forgive him and be friends with him with no <sighs> reservations yeah i'd say about a year like ella dumped him in the end girls and i think when he first apologized he did explain to me the reason which i thought was true which is the fact that i would not have sex with him but ella clearly would and <laughs> she did and that actually made me feel a lot better because, now we're getting into you know, shaming territory i'm not shaming i'm just saying what happened? I'm not saying I don't believe in saving at all. I thought I'm you were the feminist the in this podcast. I'm telling the, the history. <laughs> I'm telling the history for the kids. So <laughs> when they record this in time, they know they get it right. Okay. Ella was a. Well, that oh, was the history. Oh, well, okay. Well, I, 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 that was not something we researched ahead of time. No, sorry. So that's just off the head, you know, riffing. Yeah. And so- uh, Ella, I'm sure if you're out there listening, I'm sure. She- she's learned <laughs> I'm sure she's learned a lot from that from that uh, you know I'm sure in her own way she was probably left heartbroken by someone and nothing breaks like a heart nothing breaks you. like a heart still after all these years I'm clearly quite emotional about it <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just stop now. <laughs>
before we go, have you got any ad- advice to the young lovers, people like me who have a date tomorrow? What what what's your advice? Don't overthink it and don't shoot for perfect. I think what we've seen on Love Island is a lot of the don't boys don't shoot for <laughs> settle for <laughs> settle for whatever's coming to her way settle tomorrow. For some Canadian skank. <laughs> Just hope she's not a. But Some real advice, please. No, seriously, I think a lot of what we've seen on Love Island is the guys being like, go for your gut, wait until you feel everything. And I don't think that's realistic in life. I really don't. And I think I've seen it with a lot of friends and stuff mm. where they, they want the perfect girl. They want the beautiful, clever, funny, smart, blah, blah. Like they're, they're building someone up to something they can never be. So yeah. every date is a letdown. Every relationship is a letdown because no one's perfect. When really you've got to like go with the person that comes and build something with them and yeah. not just wait for it to fall in your lap. Let so. it, f- let it flow. Don't go in with too much expectation. Yeah. Just give her a chance and take her uh, yeah. face value. Take her for her. Don't yeah. try and have an idea of what you want her to be. And how quickly do I have to form a an opinion? You know, if if we go on maybe a second date and then the same thing happens, I'm just not quite sure. But you know, it's pleasant enough. And then she says, "Oh, should we go on a third date? What do I what do I say at that point? Should I be more? Should I know more what I'm looking for and and say, look, I'm, you know, I'm looking for a certain feeling here and a spark that I'm just not I'm not quite getting. I don't know. Um, I think. I would say go for the third date because I think it's good to build things up and you never know. However, I think since being with my boyfriend, I would see what's different with him. So I was single for like forever, pretty much, like for like 10 years, most of my adult life before I met him back in November. So I think before when I was single, I would have been like, go for the third date, you never know. But when I met him, there was that kind of spark and I can see how dating with him was different to dating with other people. Hmm. So I think, go for the third date, but after that, if you then maybe you should trust your gut. <laughs> maybe all my advice is wrong and just go with your gut, okay? Just go with your gut, no. future Ben. I think give it a chance. Give it at least three dates, and yeah. then if you're really not feeling it or you really don't know, then maybe look at it objectively. So you should always give it at least three dates. That seems like a lot of dates to me. I don't think it is. I think three dates is, like, not that much. To, like, give it a chance That's to get to know someone. Yeah, but if you're not sure. But, like, you obviously you can make your mind up before three dates. Yeah, I mean, if obviously like, if you really don't like them, don't go on the three dates. But I'm saying yeah. if you if you quite like them, if they're really nice and perfectly great, but you're not like, oh, my God, I'm in love with them, yeah, yeah give it three dates because you can't be in love straight away. Well, look, It's I'm, not Love Island, is it? By the time this drops, we'll know whether whether I feel it or not. And I'm sure you're a lovely lady, Caitlin, or whatever you want it. Brittany. That's Brittany. Okay. I think her name is. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Did you have a nice time? We didn't talk about feminism. I regret <laughs> so many facts. We didn't talk so about anything. I, <laughs> I had so many things to say. Do you want to just quickly a say fem- a feminism fact? I was going to read a bit from the Guilty Feminist Oh yeah, that'd podcast. be a good way to close the podcast. Okay, guys, I need to find the page... I need to find Doing stuff that we should have done Ahead of time Why did I not mark this page? What podcast what is that from? Been. That is from Two Less Lonely Girls It's a podcast about Justin Bieber Oh, look her up Are they American? They are American Maybe And it's I can two get, comedians Maybe I can get them to Skype in They are They're probably too um, famous for you Too mainstream for me Yeah I know if, Should I... Re- I'll read it and you can cut it out if you don't like it. No, I don't, I'll keep it in. Right. On, let's hear it. This is about feminism, guys, and it's a story. <laughs> it's of pronounced Al- feminism. Oh, f- <laughs>
<laughs> the story of Al and Bob. Imagine a social experiment. You have identical twin boys and you call one Al and one Bob. Okay. When they're five years old, you start giving them pocket money for tidying away their toys. Every week you give Al a pound and Bob 78 pence. If Bob complains, deny it. Tell him he's imagining it. If he shows you the evidence and insists that it's unfair, tell him Al is just that little bit better at helping out. Bob will probably start to work harder to show that he's as good as Al. Al might start to coast, having been validated by his parents and seeing hard evidence in his piggy bank that he is better. No matter how much effort Bob puts in, in cities not quite as capable as Al, occasionally when Bob has excelled, taking the whole afternoon to double-check his homework and fold the laundry, hand him a card telling him how much you love him and give him the full pound. Say, see Bob, this shows you can do it when you put the work in. You just have to try harder. But don't do this too often, just enough for Bob to think that success is possible and keep him striving for it. When Al and Bob turn six, put news of a pay rise of what to £1.20 a week in Al's birthday card. Bob's card should be empty. If Bob asks why his pocket money isn't going up, say, you need to demonstrate why you deserve it. Where's your evidence? When they're seven, tell the twins it's time one of them becomes the toy cupboard supervisor, deciding where things should go and checking if the games are organised. Interview them both. Notice that Al comes to the interview with more swagger and attitude like he's got it in the bag. Bob might be more detailed in his answers and over-explain himself nervously in the interview. Do nothing to relax him. When you give Al the job, congratulate him and tell him he's got natural leadership skills. Give Bob feedback too. Explain to him that though he was well prepared for the interview, he has something missing. He lacks a certain confidence. This is an analogy, people, if you haven't got it, for men and women. And I think that's very true. And I think it's something that I've personally seen in the workplace, that when you build someone's confidence up and then you would naturally promote them because they've got more confidence, I think. That well, that was that was beautifully read. Beautifully read, guys. I don't think it's going to make it I'm into sure the podcast. No, it will, it will. There's a there's a lesson there for all of us. There's a, there was a personal anecdote to go with it, which would have made it more interesting. But oh, yeah? I think it's time to... I'm going to get out of this room, I guys. I thought it was a lovely tale. I forgot which one was which halfway through the story, but I think I was getting... The, the gist is that the lady works harder... And then we pat them on the, and we're like, yeah. And then we don't recognize that actually we think they're working the same when actually women are working harder. I think like if that. there's always a pay gap and you're paying someone more for their labor, you're inherently telling them they're better. And the person who's getting paid less will probably naturally work harder to prove themselves. Hmm. And there's always going to be that gap in expectation and then the gap in labor. Hmm. So like in a previous podcast, you talked about like, if I have conservative financial group views, why can't I have socially liberal views right, right, right. and it's like no because everything we live in a capitalist society and I don't personally agree with that but it's true so everything roots back to economics so the way people behave you can see the economics are at the heart of that and that's why if you are conservative financially that means you don't want like social spending and stuff that means you're not going to invest in things that will help people who aren't as privileged be able to rise up or you know change their situation because you won't invest in social mobility basically right. or schemes at all benefit that mm. but yeah good night folks <laughs> Woo! <laughs> i'm all alone every night how i moan and how i fight those big city blues i walk for miles play
place to place, but no one smiles to help me chase those big city blues.